what people don't understand about me. It ain't that I can make so many albums and, and just keep going. Like, how the fuck you do that? Because it's me. It's yeah, really me. Exactly. Like, I, I'm just talking what I go through. Whatever it is. And be it good, I might say the worst shit in the world. But it's, it's me. True. But then you're saying shit that make people in the hood do crime. Don't help them. Like, you saying that you sold drugs, and, and you my, got a gun, that this, that, that. My moms are not... Yo, nigga, I'm, I'm, it's all good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? More, more so you now. Them, you tell them the downfall of whatever yeah. good. Yeah, the evil. Yeah, the bad talk, side of it. Yeah. Right. It's heaven it and then there's hell, niggas. Yeah. One day you cruising in the seven, the next day you, your alibis ain't matching up. Bullshit catching up. You hit with the Rico, they repo that vehicle. Shit was all good just a week ago. About to start snitching, ain't you? Ready to start bitching, ain't you? I forgive you. I forgive you. Hustling just ain't you. Aside from the fast cars, yeah. honeys that shake their ass in bars, you know you wouldn't be involved with the underworld dealers, carriers of Mac Millie, East Coast bodies, West Coast cat pillars, little monkey niggas turned gorillas. These are my rhymes, B. This is my. From Breaking Atoms comes a new original podcast series celebrating the 25th anniversary of Jay Z's debut album, Reasonable Doubt. In our fifth and final episode, we examine the legacy of Reasonable Doubt 25 years on and why so many people consider it to be one of the most seminal albums in hip-hop history. This is Brooklyn's Finest. Reasonable Doubt dropped on Tuesday, 25th of June, 1996, and the intention was for it to be Jay-Z's solo unveiling and swan song. At the time, Jay-Z planned for Reasonable Doubt to be one and done, and then he would do the slow Bill Bixby walk into the sunset called Retirement. Rappers retiring is something we've heard before, but when Jay-Z released Reasonable Doubt, he had a plan. The master plan was to release one album to show he was the best, and then focus on building Rockefeller Records into an industry-dominating dynasty. However, much like Al Pacino's character in Carlito's Way, once he thought he was out, they pulled him back in. Here's Pain in the Ass to explain more. What he's doing now was what he was going to do after Reasonable Doubt. Reasonable Doubt was just going to be the maiden voyage and, and the launching of Rockefeller. We had Roughness, we had Christian, we had Memphis Bleak in the pipeline that was coming next. So Jay just wanted to set it off, but yo, here's my album and that's it. I'm going to go back behind the scenes. I'm going to be a businessman, you know, too. I'm going to be the president of the label. The reason why Reasonable Doubt is the greatest demo of all time is because it didn't get him the record deal that he wanted. It got him the label deal. So what happens is Def Jam sees that this album is incredible and so is Jay. So like, yo, come to Def Jam. We'll help you move up your label, but we need you to come out with one more album. You know, we need another Jay album and then we'll continue doing the Rockefeller thing. So he's all right, cool. That's it. After Reasonable Doubt, I'll do one album, which is volume one, and I'll split it up into two pieces and then that's it, I'm done. But then, you know, the success of those two albums led to another one, which led to another one, which led to another one. Music historian Dar Adams explains where Reasonable Doubt sits in the continuum of classic rap albums and how it has inspired other critically lauded albums since its release. You have to put everything into errors, right? Because there's a full continuum. In urban music, there's a new generation every three to five years. And then there are albums that are game changers that completely change the tide. There's a main continuum in rap in that second golden era. 
and reasonable doubt is right in there. You start with Illmatic, you come down to Ready to Die, you come over to The Infamous, go right to Only Built for Cuban Links. If you want to slide um, Liquid Swords in there, I won't be mad. So to me, it falls right into that continuum. And it kills me to hear people who weren't outside, who weren't alive, who were not in cars, where this album was staying for a year and the cassette deck, cassette deck, who did not have conversations about this album when it was out. And again, I have to reiterate, this album went gold in three months. So please stop trying to say that nobody was fucking with Jay-Z when this album came out. Club DJ and co-founder of Living Proof, DJ Snips, believes you can trace Reasonable Doubt's blueprint on many of today's contemporary rap records. When you're talking about that era, I, th- I think there's two different eras, right, where we talk about seminal albums. One is 88, and one is that stretch from 94 to 96. So when we're talking 88, we're talking Paid in Full, we're talking It Takes a Nation of Millions, we're talking the first BDP album, Slick Rick, we're talking about that era of music, first Kane album, you know, that, that was the seminal point for, for hip-hop at that time. When we're talking about mid-90s, I feel like we're talking about Illmatic, we're talking about Reasonable Doubt, Only Built for Cuban Links, Infamous, like those are the albums that we discuss when we, when we think of seminal albums. And I know that there is this, almost this un spoken acknowledgement that Illmatic is the, the blueprint of, of rap music and the greatest hip-hop album of all time and, and I think there's an argument for that however I don't think there's a record that shows itself in today's rap more so than Reasonable Doubt Cuban Links maybe being a close second Jazz O who is integral in Jay-Z's rise and success considers Reasonable Doubt not just to be a classic hip-hop album but a mainstay in the musical canon he also reflects on how the album had a positive effect on the lives of everyone involved. Anybody who does not know about or recognize Reasonable Doubt as a, a cornerstone in, in hip-hop, not just in hip-hop, but in, in music, period, they don't have any idea of the magnitude or, or the effect that it had on all the lives of the people involved. Producer Ski Beats and journalist Rob Martman liken Reasonable Doubt to the classics they heard growing up as kids. For them, the timeless nature of the album puts Reasonable Doubt up there with the work of Prince, Michael Jackson and other soul classics their OGs would play in their respective cribs. It's crazy because you got younger generations of kids listening to this album and really appreciating the, the production and the wordplay, you know? Like saying like, wow, this guy's... He's the greatest of all time. It's like one of those albums, like, you know, when your mom, you used a kid, your mom was playing some old Motown. You just loved it. You know it's old music, but you're like, damn, this, is, this still sounds good. I still get things from it. I still, I still get chills from it. I still get joy from it. It's just all the feelings are still there. Um, and that's rare to be 25 years later, we're still talking. About, that's rare fight there. That's, that's Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life. That's Prince, Purple Rain. That's Michael Jackson, Thriller. In, in terms of, of, of albums that, that are timeless and everlasting. For Cheswick Sonoda and her circle, Reasonable Doubt sparkles as the crown jewel in Jay-Z's tilted brimmed crown. I mean, obviously it's, it's a classic. Like you can listen to it today and it has, it still hits just right. We were having a debate the other night and the student was like, yo, just, he was like, Reasonable Doubt, that's all I mess with. Like, that's the only album I mess with of Jay-Z's. And I was like, no, 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 but they all, but I, but I get it, yo. Like that album was just, it was heavy and it, and it hit hard and it still hits hard 25 years later. 
Sean Kantrowitz shares why he thinks Reasonable Doubt is Jay-Z's true origin story and how its intriguing narrative of rhyme and reason plays a big part in cementing his legacy. For nothing else, it's the origin story for who has become one of the most celebrated and popular and esteemed artists and writers in hip hop. It's almost impossible to divorce yourself from where it stands in the timeline of his legacy and, and, and your feelings about it, because this was the ground zero. This was the foundation point. Yo Phillips describes Reasonable Doubt as a period piece meets reference tool. This is the hustler, like the true, bloody, cold-hearted, Reagan-era hustler Jay-Z. And not only did he define the hustler, he defined the era. He let you know what New York was like coming out of that Reagan crack era, the opulence, the wealth, the danger, the concern, the, the destruction, the darkness. He pitched you in a period. It's a period piece. It might be one of the greatest period pieces that articulate a time in New York history that solidifies not only a coming of age, but a changing of age. Cultural journalist Robin Moat speaks on the generational longevity of Reasonable Doubt and the respect that it continues to receive as a body of work. I feel like the album still has the same level of respect and regard. I know that there weren't like too, too many hip hop publications at the time, but I think people still respect the album. And I think hip hop heads really still rock with it. My hope is that people continue listening to it. And even though Jay-Z has evolved as an artist, this is definitely something that is going to continue to live on in the hip hop canon. For SK Vibe Maker, Reasonable Doubt is a vital part of his lived experience as a hip hop head. An Illmatic to me is like a reference point, again, with like Ready to Die and with Reasonable Doubt. But Reasonable Doubt was something I lived. Maria Davis speaks on her admiration of the fearlessness that Jay-Z, Dame Dash and Cream Bigsburg displayed when starting Rockefeller Records. For them to own their own record company, and I had so much respect for them, that they were young, black men, talented, and building their own stamp on the movement. So you had the Russell Simmons, you had people like that. That was big conglomerates. But we're talking about some young men that had a dream and an idea and opened their own and started their own movement and supported that through their clothing line and other ventures that they, you know, that they had. As business partners, Northwest Side Records are pivotal in the Jay-Z story. They secured worldwide distribution for Reasonable Doubt and distributed In My Lifetime Volume 1 and Hard Knock Life, which is still the highest selling Jay-Z album. Northwest Side co-founders Nick Raphael and Christian Tattersfield speak on the mutual motivation they and Rockefeller all shared. You know, we had to prove that, you know, we'd left the home of London Records, which treated us wonderfully and were good, great people to us and brought us into the record business. We really wanted to show the world that, you know, that we, were, we weren't we were all there, we were actually could do something. And the funny thing, when we met Damon and Jay and we had that first meal in the Italian restaurant, I got a real sense from them. They were, you know, they had a chip on their shoulder. They wanted to show the world. It'd taken too long for Jay to get recognized. I think he'd been out there for eight years and MC. I think we were all on a mission. We were all relatively young. We all felt that we had to prove something. We all were up against the system. At the dinner, the first dinner, he said he was gonna do a clothing line. He was inspired by uh, what Russell had done, right? He told us the blueprint on that first scene. And when we went back to hotel and had a drink in the bar, 
we had a conversation and we said either he's one of the most ambitious and can be one of the most important people in hip-hop not i'm not not even thinking the world but in hip-hop or he's a guy crazy crazy dreamer and what turned out to be he was both no, i mean listen work ethic it's not, not that he was second to none you know he was light years ahead of people and of course you find that with successful artists that that goes with the territory it's it's not a surprise you know nick and i've worked with a lot of really big artists over the years and the most successful ones like jay are also the hardest working it's not just that they're incredibly talented and ambitious they work so hard they don't want their time wasted they want to achieve their dreams and jay was you know top of the list abdul malik abbott the video director who shot many of Jay-Z's early videos, including Dead Presidents and later Streets is Watching, doubles down on why he thinks Reasonable Doubt is an undisputed classic. To me, it's a perfect album. The people who were involved were very proud of it. It should be up there in the top 10 hip hop albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Pain in the Ass has a unique theory on how the social political issues that impacted Jay-Z and his family played a part in powering his drive to succeed. But there's a thing to be said about someone growing up in a broken home or you grow up where your father's not there or he left or your mother died, you have that street mentality in you. You're always gonna fend for yourself. You're always gonna take risks and gambles that maybe people that had a normal setting wouldn't take because you really feel like you have nothing to lose your whole life. You grew up that way. And like I said, if you study Jay-Z, you'll see that not having his father all that time really affected him to the point where even it taught him how to rhyme. Or his father, there's a famous story that he tells about his father showing him when, when they would walk in the streets of Brooklyn at a young age, like you walk by yourself home, so you know how to get home by yourself. He was teaching him things. And I think he was upset that he didn't have those teachings all through those years after he left. Same thing with me. My mother taught me a lot in the 12 years I've had her. But when she left, I look back at those years that I didn't have her upset that, damn, there's a lot of, gems that you could have given me that now I don't have, that I had to resort to other people to dropping them for me. And sometimes they didn't have the very best interest of me in their heart. So you, you have a chip on your shoulder that, that really never comes off. Kathy Dolly revisits the evolution of Jay-Z and why he's often considered a larger-than-life superhero minus the cape and mask. When you think over 25 years, it's amazing to revisit Umlaut Jay. You forget sometimes when you see Jay now in his Basquiat era and being the person who, you know, we call like the superhero when there's social injustice and, and people need him and he comes in. We didn't see a progression like Jay and we never have again. Now we can talk about every artist investing in Bitcoin and vitamin water and fashion lines. No one has had Jay-Z's trajectory. Nick Raphael and Christian Tattersfield share a reflective moment and speak on why they look at Reasonable Doubt as the best hip-hop album of all time and Jay-Z being the greatest of all time in the rap game. I, I will categorically say, and I'm totally biased, it's, it's the greatest hip-hop album of all time. But I think this album will be looked back on as one of those albums that was part of the culture forever. It's just an honour and a pleasure to be able to, to say that Christian and I signed that record in 1996. It's beyond my comprehension that 25 years later, I get to say that. Unbelievable. 
I think Jay-Z is the greatest rapper artist of all time. I think it's purely subjective, but that is my opinion. And I think Reasonable Doubt is his masterpiece. Co-founder of D&D Studios, David Lotwin, and UK journalist Ryan Proctor take another look at the artistic brilliance of Jay-Z, even if some fans and media may have not appreciated him at the time. It's just so good. He's just so good, man. You know, just as an MC and what he says and... You know, when you turn to a friend and you go, did he just say that? Spent Spanish wisdoms in a whip with the narrow crime organized like the Pharaoh. I cream. Like, because the way he turned the phrase with a punchline, it, it was just so amazing to me. Like, uh, it just, it, he's so witty and he was just man on point with everything. For, for me, I think at the time, Jay Z potentially was not used as a scapegoat for the underground versus mainstream debate but I think he didn't necessarily get the ears that he deserved to get for this album when it dropped. When you listen to it, there's, you know, it's an album about tension, drama, you know, kind of struggle, paranoia, loss. It's all, it's all woven into those tracks. And yes, the way that Jay-Z delivers it, it's not like he's shouting about it or ramming it down your throat. But I think overall, that's what I took away from that album when I first heard it. Keeping it real in the field has been the calling card of Dane, Biggs and Jay-Z throughout their career journeys. Reasonable Doubt is the embodiment of that authentic spirit. Rob Markman examines how the jewels within the album spoke truth to power with prophetic flair. The fact that he became the greatest rapper of all time, and we're not just talking skill-wise, to sit at the top of the game the way he is. Like, Jay worked at it every year. Jay was not the hottest guy. We talk about this all the time. Like, bit, like he he had to come out. He talks about it. 93, 94, about the year that Big and Mac dropped. Like, Big was on the top, like... Jay had to compete with, it was written that summer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the purple tape was out year before and we were still listening to the purple tape. But you know, when he tells you, if every nigga in your click is rich, your click is rugged. Nobody will fall cause everyone will be each other's And Tata's still next to him. Emery's still next to him. Lenny S had been there for, it's still next to him. You know, it's, it's inspiring. It's like, yo, he really meant that. Kiss FM DJ and co-host of Just Vibes, Shorty Blitz, talks about the duality in the album's storytelling. He highlights how Jay-Z effortlessly goes from one day you're cruising in your seven to next day you're sweating, forgetting your lies. I mean, it stands pretty high because a lot of the stuff that he was professing he was going to be, he, he, he really surpassed all of that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Him actually write, writing from the terms of doing the bad stuff but obviously there's pitfalls and all that kind of stuff as well which needed to be which needs to be documented as well it's not every, it's not all good times all the time you know what i mean man's kidnapping his friend's baby mother do you know what i mean it's they came up together it's like you know the finished product that you always see is the money the jewels the cars the the, the model type chicks that you're with but he's he's letting you know what happened on the other side of that and also on the journey to get to that DJ Clark Kent sees Reasonable Doubt's legacy as two sides of the same coin. It opened your eyes to somebody that you just wouldn't have paid no attention to. But then for the new listener, it's go back and find out how we got here. You understand why he's a billionaire. How, do, how the fuck did we get here? Well, Reasonable Doubt. That should help you. To me, there is no favorite song on the album because the the whole album is one song. It's an incredibly complete thought. 
Yo Phillips further unpacks Jay-Z's objective on making Reasonable Doubt his only album and why it's such a remarkable first impression. Kathy Dolly contemplates the hope promised and lost in the wake of Reasonable Doubt's release just mere months before the murders of Tupac Shakur and the notorious B.I.G. When I think about Reasonable Doubt, I think about the idea that Jay-Z said he was only going to do one. He was going to do one album. It would have been a hell of an album if that's just the one, right? If you only did this one album, it would have been an impeccable release. And I always think that when I look back on this album, I think about how you always want to make your first introduction, your grand introduction. You like grand opening, grand closing. You got to kind of treat like your first is your last. Like the concept of all these ideas that has kind of persisted through Jay's career, you can look back and it starts here. Such a clear idea that when this comes out and you listen to this, there's no way you can deny me. You know, that's Jay's thinking. You're not gonna be able to deny me at all. And I love that. I love the idea of like leading with the concept that I'm going to bring an album no one can deny. And that to me is a legacy because we are talking about it right now because he did something that transcended time. 25 years later, it hasn't aged a bit has no rust on it, has no dust on it. It is as timeless as it was when it released. It just took people a while to catch up. Had a friend of mine tell me that you judge your work by creating it, releasing it, and then putting it in a drawer. And you open that drawer in 30 years, and then you appraise it. I think when we appraise Reasonable Doubt in five years, it's gonna tell us what we always knew. It's a classic. Ignorance was bliss during that time. We didn't know Tupac was going to die in September. And we didn't know that Biggie was going to die the next March. And I feel as though that project was giving us the promise of this renaissance that we didn't get to have until years later. So there's, there's a hope in that project that was never delivered upon in the moment that it was brought. Because when you hear it now, given all we've, that we've been through in hip hop, there's a different energy surrounding the project. There was a hope, right, that maybe all of these artists would have made peace. Like imagine Tupac and Jay on a track, or imagine Jay being the one to make Pac and Biggie get along, right? Or imagine some sort of super project of Jay, Nas, and Pac and Big. Like we had, there was a promise that we didn't get because by that next year and the year that followed, we entered right into the shiny suit era. <laughs> so, so we didn't get the thing we thought we were getting with Jay-Z entering into the fold. Jay-Z's upward trajectory is the manifestation of bare knuckle grind, divine intervention, and paying multiple dues with cash from brown paper bags. Coming together as a team to beat the odds is a thread that ties Jay-Z, Dame Dash, and Biggs together forever. Deeply rooted in love for their culture, and a passion for excellence, the Rockefeller family tree continues to bear fruit in abundance. Despite the naysayers, funny money contracts, and narcoleptic record execs, Jay, Dame, and Biggs always believed they had a shot. Listen to this final gem of a story from Pain in the Ass. I can really, I can really sum up Jay-Z's story in one, in one act. I remember we were in the studio, and we were playing pool. So I took a shot, and I missed, and then... The white ball, the cue ball, got behind the eight ball. So I looked at him. I said, like, yo, you got no shot, man. So Jay-Z's like not paying attention. He's like, you know, but he's very observant. He goes, I always got a shot. 
So I said, go ahead, call it. What you going to do? He's like, I'm going to do this. This is like, yeah, all right, cool. So he shoots it and he does it. He gets the ball in and he looks at me. He goes, I told you always got a shot. And I said, what a great metaphor for his life. That here's a man that was behind the eight ball, literally and figuratively, growing up in the projects, not having your dad. And he said to himself, I always got a shot. He couldn't get a record deal. He couldn't get signed. He said, I always got a shot. So Jay-Z will always have a shot, and so do you. No matter what eight ball you're behind, you're always going to have a shot, and let him be an example of that. He has every excuse not to make it in life, and yet he chose the, the opposite and did whatever he wanted to in life. And that's the greatest success story that I've ever seen, and not just because I'm part of it, but I've, I've just ever seen in my life. Rockefeller, y'all. Thank you for listening to Brooklyn's Finest. Before you go, we have a special announcement. Coming in September 2021. The Ruler's Back, a Breaking Atoms original podcast series on the making of Jay-Z's 2001 masterpiece, The Blueprint. Heart of the City beat is playing, say for a good, like, good half hour or whatever. And he looks like, okay, I'm ready. And there was a video on the television, right, that just came on that he's in. And he made a comment about something, his hat or something like that. He said, oh, why did I wear that? You know, it just made a, I remember him making a comment about the video as it's coming on. So he walks out of the studio, walks down the hall, walks into the booth, spits all three verses, walks back out into the control room, and that video is still on. That's how fast he was doing the songs. Part of the city, he just recorded it all the way down, just like that one take, all three verses. And it just walks back in. Brooklyn's Finest, The Making of Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. It's a Breaking Atoms production. This series is produced by Summit Sharma and Christopher Mitchell and is mixed and mastered by Dave Walker. If you've enjoyed the series, please leave a rating or write a review on your preferred podcast app. Follow Breaking Atoms on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Break the Atoms to read the series liner notes, fun facts and shout outs.